Welcome to Wellness Life Legends of Pana, a mini podcast series that revolves around the stories that portray animals in a sense of awe and admiration and fear for some. These stories help us find out whether these may have affected and molded the modern world treatment of animals. Without much ado, I present to you Vishal and Shashwat, your hosts for Legend of Pana. So, let's dive in. Hey everyone, I'm Vishal and I am Shashwat and we are Wilderness Life coming to you recorded from our homes. We hope you're doing well and are super safe. Today we bring to you another episode of Legends of Fauna, The Tales of Wolves. Today we attempt to understand if the fight between the survival of wolves and survival of humans has a connection to the mythologies. Whether it is safe to assume that the near extinction of wolves in the 1900s was in fact due to the fear instilled by the mythological portrayal of the wolves. For a very long time, humans offered money to anyone who would bring in dead wolves. It was not to do a census, but it was in fact to rid the entire species of wolves. Between 1850 and 1900, more than a million wolves were killed under this provision. During the Middle Ages, Wolves were ascribed magical powers and wolf parts became an important part of many early pharmacies. Powdered wolf liver was used to ease birth pains. A wolf's right paw tied around one's throat was believed to ease the swelling caused by throat infections. And this should explain why the wolves had almost faced extinction. Other beliefs from the Middle Ages included things like if a horse stepped in a wolf print, it would be crippled. or the gaze of a wolf was thought to cause blindness while others believed that the breath of the wolf could cook meat naturalists of the day believed wolves sharpened their teeth before hunting dead wolves were buried at a village entrance to keep out other wolves travelers were warned about perils of walking through lonely stretches of woods and stone shelters were built to protect them from attacks finally our modern word loophole is derived from the european term loophole or wolf hole a spy hole in shelters through which travelers could watch for wolves wolves always lives in pack and like akira says to mogli the strength of the pack is the wolf and the strength of the wolf is the pack the wolf is a common motif in the foundational mythologies and cosmologies of people throughout eurasia and north america the obvious attribute of the wolf is its nature of a predator and correspondingly it is strongly associated with danger and destruction making it the symbol of the warrior on one hand and that of the devil on the other the modern trope of the big bad wolf is a development of this the wolf holds great importance in the cultures and religions of the nomadic peoples both of the eurasian steppe and of the north american plains the story of sinni daughter of the medieval norse ruler king wolsung from the norse myths Sinni is married to an evil king named Sigir. 3 months after their wedding, Sigir betrays and murders King Volsung and all of Sinni's brothers. Only Sigmund survives thanks to his sister's help. Sinni pleads with her husband not to dispose of her 10 brothers, but rather Sigir grants her request because he thinks it is better that they suffer more and are tortured longer before they die. Through 9 long nights, a returning she-wolf who was thought to be King Sigir's mother kills nine of Sinni's brothers in turn. Sinni swears revenge and has a sorceress change her appearance. She disguises herself and spends three nights in bed with Sigmund to 
bear a son who is equally as strong and fearless as Volsung and who finally avenges Sinny by killing Sigir and his whole family while setting his house on fire but she respected her honored steps in the burning house to die with her husband even though she despised him according to the roman tradition a wolf was responsible for the childhood survivor of the future founders of rome romulus and remus the twin babies were ordered to be killed by their great un- uncle emulius the servant who was ordered to kill them however relented and placed the two on the banks of the tiber river the river which was in flood during that time rose and gently carried the cradle and the twins downstream where under the protection of the river deity tiberinus they would be adopted by a she wolf known as lupa in latin who is an animal sacred to mars as a consequence the italian wolf is the national animal of the modern italian republic according to a siberian tale one summer the fox heard that anka kumiketan the nomadic wolf was courting his neighbor a she dog so the wily fox made himself an outfit of wolf's clothing then when the she dog's brothers were away and she was at home with her younger sister he called upon her i have two herds of fat reindeer said the fox to the elder sister as he sipped the bilberry tea she offered him i have come to seek your hand thinking that this was indeed anka kumiketan the she dog treated him to reindeer meat hot mare's blood sausages raw walrus liver and pickled fish the very choicest of pieces being a wealthy person he explained i keep my cap on that people might respect me all of a sudden the sound of dogs barking could be heard from afar it is my brothers returning from the hunt the she dog said oh dear exclaimed the fox they will likely scare my herds i must run to caution them once away from the tent the fox quickly dashed up the nearby hill and loosened some rocks when the dog brothers came in sight he pushed the boulders down the hillside and crushed them all thereupon he returned to the tent and finished his tea as dusk fell and the sisters were busy about their housework he made off with their food supplies the next morning the sisters became most alarmed on discovering their supplies gone and their brothers still missing as they searched the valley and found their poor brothers dead they wept in despair who could have done us such harm they wailed in their sorrow they decided to go to anka kumiketan to seek his counsel the nomad wolf was puzzled but i never came to you yesterday he exclaimed it was not long before the sisters realized that they had been tricked by the fox with the wolf's help they worked out a plan to get their revenge the next day the fox unaware that he had been discovered called on the sisters again dressed as anka kumiketan but this time they were expecting him while the fox drank the bilberry tea and exchanged pleasantries the nomad wolf stealthily entered the tent and grabbed the fox and tied him up what shall we do with this scoundrel asked the wolf let's put him in a sack and leave him in the tundra suggested the sisters that they did the poor fox almost fainted from fright wondering what his fate would be at last he was set down with a bump the younger sister collected a heap of dry grass and brushwood for a fire piled it around the sack surrounded the tinder with stones and then lit it the poor fox he at last burst out of the burning sack 
his wolf's clothing was set aflame and he rushed headlong over the tundra like a burning torch satisfied at their revenge the dog sisters and the wolf returned to the tent today only 40 red wolves are accounted for in their native habitats and about 400 in captivity in the united states in the greek mythology sharon the ferryman wore wolf ears in the epic of gilgamesh the goddess ashtar had the power to turn enemies into wolves hikati the goddess of death was shown as wearing three wolf heads in another greek myth a king named lycaon was turned into a wolf by the god zeus the athenians had great respect for the wolf and decreed that any man who killed one had to pay for the funeral for the animal according to the literature rigveda from hindu mythology rijraswa is blinded by his father as punishment for having given 101 of his family's sheep to a she wolf who in turn prays to the ashwins to restore his sight wolves are occasionally mentioned in hindu mythology in the harivamsa krishna to convince the people of rajat to migrate to vrindavan creates hundreds of wolves from his hair which frighten the inhabitants of praja into making the journey bhima the voracious son of the god vayu is described as vrikodara meaning wolf's stomach in japan green farmers once worshiped wolves at shrines and left food offerings near their tents beseeching them to protect their crops from wild boars and deers talismans and charms adorned with the images of wolves were thought to protect against fire disease and other calamities and brought fertility to agrarian communities and to couples hoping to have children the ainu people believed that they were born from the union of a wolf like creature and a goddess the literary works of abrahamic mythology the bible contains 13 references to wolves usually as metaphors for greed and destructiveness In the New Testament Jesus is quoted to have used wolves as illustrations to the dangers his followers would have faced should they have followed him. Also in the book of Genesis the wolf is repeatedly mentioned in the scriptures as an enemy of flocks a metaphor for evil men with a lust for power and dishonest gain as well as a metaphor for Satan himself preying on innocent god-fearing christian contrasted with the shepherd Jesus who keeps his flock safe. I will now tell a story of a wolf that was slayed by the gods for their own good from the Norse mythology. The Norse mythology prominently includes three malevolent wolves in particular. The giant Fenrir, the eldest child of Loki and Angrboda, who was feared and hated by the Aesir, and Fenrir's children, Skoll and Hati. Fenrir is bound by the gods but is ultimately destined to grow too large for his bones. and devour Odin during the course of Ragnarok. At that time, he will have grown so large that his upper jaw touches the sky while his lower touches the earth when he gapes. He will be slain by Odin's son, Vikar, who will either stab him in the heart or rip his jaws asunder, according to different accounts. Fenrir's two offsprings, Skoll and Hati, will according to legend devour the sun and moon during Ragnarok. On the other hand, However, the wolves Freki and Geri were Odin's faithful pets who were reputed to be of good omen. Loki, the trickster god who has one too many drinks and gets it on with Angrboda, a giantess who had just fought a war with the gods. The giantess has 3 children by Loki. 
all more monstrous than the next. The first is Hel, a powerful warrior cursed with ugliness and an insatiable hunger for power. The second was Jormungandr, the world serpent, who will eventually grow so large that he consumes the entire universe. And the third was Fenrir, the largest wolf to have ever lived and who was fated to devour the earth. The gods found out about this and consulted the oracle who suggested that all the three children are destined to bring nothing but destruction and mischief. So, they suggest that they go and steal the children from the giantess before they adapt. Odin, the second in command to the king of gods at this point, talks to Hel and learns that she wants to rule one of the nine realms. Besides, Hel seemed to have lost a few of her marbles. So, the Aesir trick her. They grant her rulership over Helheim, the land of the dead, and lock her in the kingdom for all eternity, which makes her really mad. Tyr was the god of war and the god of justice. He was considered the most courageous and honest gods of all time and was the current king of the gods and Asgard. He adopted Fenrir as his own. Odin suggested that Tyr should raise Fenrir. He said that there was no one else who would be courageous and strong enough to rear Fenrir and to teach him to restrain his savory and to defy his destiny. Loki was nowhere to be seen when it came to fatherly duties and Tyr was more of a warrior and a judge than a father. So Fenrir was turning into a pretty angsty teen wolf. But destiny doesn't like being denied and Fenrir was growing larger and larger. As he grew bigger and bigger each day, they came to Fenrir with chains of different strengths, asking the wolf to show them his strength and prowess by breaking out of them, making a game out of it while making a chain he couldn't break. Since Fenrir was Loki's son, he broke through all the chains made by the god's magic. So the Aesir went to the dwarves, the most skilled craftsmen in the cosmos, and asked them to forge a chain that could bind the wolf. The dwarves demanded an enormous payment from Tyr until Odin, always the negotiator, intervened and threatened to take Fenrir and Swartalfheim, the world that dwarves shared with the Dark Elves. Properly incentivized, the dwarves made Glipnir, from the sound of a cat's footstep, the beard of a woman, the roots of a mountain, the breath of a fish, and the spittle and teeth of a bird. Being made from things that didn't even exist meant that Glepnir technically didn't exist itself and was therefore useless to struggle against. The gods then came to Fenrir with Glepnir, but they took one look at Glepnir, which appeared as a silk ribbon and scoffed by saying, Why is that when you have bound me in iron chains before but now only come with a single ribbon? It would break if I breathed. But when the gods insisted he humored them, Fenrir became distrustful. Smelling the magic on the ribbon, he refused to be bound unless one of the gods put his hand in his mouth and swore an oath to free him if he couldn't escape. Everyone went silent at this because, while losing a hand was not a big deal, breaking an oath was. An oath was an oath, no matter who it was given by or under what circumstances. And in the end, the only god who stepped up to the plate was Tyr. Even though he knew he'd lose his kingship, he still felt it was the right thing to do. As he put Glipnir on Fenrir, Tyr had his hand trapped in the wolf's jaws, and as Fenrir discovered he couldn't break free, 
he asked Tyr to free him, and when he didn't, Fenrir ripped off Tyr's hand. Surprisingly, he didn't curse or yell. He simply cried for the loss of his friend as well as his honor. Tyr then stepped down as king of the gods, and Odin took to the throne and ruled as a better but not a nicer king. While Tyr had been honorable and straightforward, Odin was cunning and sly. and many thought that he actually arranged the whole situation to get the throne the wolf has been exterminated in most of europe in the past 4 centuries pockets of wolves survive in mountainous spain france italy and forested finland the wolf population of asia has been equally decimated although substantial numbers remain in the remote corners of the middle east and on the russian and mongolian steppes Most of the stories of contemporary culture including children's stories such as The Little Red Riding Hood and The Little Pigs portray wolves as smart and hungry predators while it may be true it is still the wrong lesson to learn from these stories while these stories teach children to make more careful choices and be better aware of their surroundings they also instill fear of wildlife the fear that a half and poof may blow away their houses or wolves will eat them if they get a chance maybe this was why until 1901 when wolves were enlisted as endangered species villagers and bounty hunters mercilessly killed them and with this we end today's episode we hope you had as much as fun as we did and we will appear in your podcast playlist with yet another episode of the legends of fauna very soon till then Stay safe, stay inside and stay wild. Do leave us a message about how your experience with us on our journey has been so far and we'll be sure to revert back. See you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in. You will find us in your playlist every Monday, Wednesday, Friday and Saturday at 6 p.m. If you like wilderness lives, legend of fauna, please like, subscribe and share with your friends and family. You can also visit our website www. thewildernesslife.com to know more about us or you can always follow our official Instagram and Facebook pages at the rate wilderness_life or register to our medium publication the wilderness life to keep updated with our work see you guys soon with yet another episode